Well, welcome in to another edition of the Remnant Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Raglan. We are so excited that you decided to join us today. It's going to be a very, very important podcast, and I believe it's going to be a timely podcast. So if you hadn't already done it, if you hadn't already clicked that follow button on whatever uh, podcast software that you use, make sure you do that and enable that notification so you'll be notified the moment that we go live or we post a brand new podcast. It is our desire here on this podcast to equip the fivefold ministry, to equip the ministers in this day and time. It's called the Remnant Leadership Podcast because we believe that the remnant is alive and well today. Uh, when I say the word well, it is truly well because it is God's chosen remnant for this moment. And, you know, it's small. It's very small in number. That's what the remnant is, is something that is very small. Uh, but it is extremely powerful and it is extremely important. If there's ever been a time where the remnant is needed to be vocal, it is this moment. So I'm going to encourage you today. Today's title of its podcast is Avoiding Leprosy Leadership. Avoiding Leprosy Leadership. Now, that's going to sound like a strange title to some of you guys because automatically you know what leprosy is and what it represents in Scripture. Uh, but I want to tell you that we we have been uh, speaking and God has been giving revelation uh, in our services at the church I pastor, Solid Rock Church, uh, but also in my own personal life to study uh, some things about lepers and because lepers were ostracized. Lepers were lepers, excuse me, not leopards. Lepers were uh, put outside of the camp and they were isolated. Uh, they were told that they uh, were a danger to the other part of the population. I think some of you know where this is going. I'm going to be very real with you. Uh, you know, we're going to be a little controversial in this podcast, maybe not quite as po- controversial as my other podcast. Uh, called The Big Picture. So I have two different podcasts, so I'm encouraging you to subscribe to both of them. Totally independent content. The Big Picture uh, deals with just that, the big picture, many different things. I have guests I interview, uh, as well as we deal with current events. uh, And just it's just an incredible uh, layout of different types of topics there. But on this podcast, we're very intentional. We understand what our purpose is. Our purpose is the ministers. Our purpose is the leaders in this moment. That's the name, the Remnant Leadership Podcast. And I see something happening uh, with not just within the world. We, we have seen it over the last two, two and a half years when you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you're going back and listening to old podcasts at this at this time. But I'm sure we're in, whenever it is, if it's in uh, 2026, 2027 or whatever, and you're going back and listening to some really old podcasts, you will remember 2020, 2021, and of course going into 2022, which is where uh, we are at at this time. Uh, you will know when I talk about being ostracized, when I talk about being excommunicated, when I talk about uh, being told not to gather, not to not to bring uh, your potential infection into my world that I live in. Uh, then you're going to understand exactly what I'm talking about because we all lived through it. But as I begin to study it, I begin to think about what happened uh, in Bible times, and certainly even to this day in times in countries all around the world, there are still leper colonies uh, and being ostracized. And, and quite frankly, I'm doing this podcast in America, but you may be listening to this anywhere in the world, and I know that there are some countries 
that basically did the same thing. They had uh, concentration camps. We want to get right, really right down to it. Uh, it was um, camps for the unjabbed. It was, uh, you know, just camps for period. If you if you were tested positive for anything, you were you were literally put into some kind of camps, even behind fences and so forth. They got really crazy some places in the world. Um, but, you know, that's what a leper colony was. A leper colony was, you know, someone that had leprosy, was deemed to be unclean by the law uh, in the word of God. But, you know, also, you know, people just did not want to be around something that is really, quite frankly, disgusting to see. Um, but, you know, that's in the natural. But the Bible tells us that he takes the natural to teach us spiritual principles. So that's what we're going to do today is we're going to look at the natural side of leprosy, and we're going to show you the parallels that runs with the spirit that we are dealing with right now as leadership. And I'm going to talk about how to avoid leprosy leadership, how to avoid allowing, not just allowing yourself to fall into leprosy leadership, but more so than anything, as a remnant leader, not allowing yourself to be someone who speaks leprosy on a believer uh, in the spirit realm, spiritual leprosy, I would call it, to where, you know, you don't want to have anything to do with them uh, because maybe they don't agree with you line upon line upon every little doctrinal issue. Um, you know, there's the essentials and then there's the non-essentials. And that's, that's another topic for another teaching. But I will just say, you know, just very quickly, the essentials, of course, are just a few of the essentials, not all the virgin birth, uh, the sinless life of Jesus Christ, uh, that he died on the cross for our sins uh, and that he came back from the dead. That's the big one, that he, he was resurrected. Uh, these, these are essentials. These are non-debatable. Uh, but we, we have ostracized people and thrown them into spiritual leprosy uh, colonies uh, and excommunicated them. Uh, because they didn't line up with us politically. And quite frankly, some people in, not lining up with the woke agenda. I say all the time, I'm awake. I'm not woke. And uh, we're a voice in this moment. We're not an echo. On this podcast, I'm not going to echo the same things you hear from the mainline media. Because quite frankly, if you're tuning into this podcast, you're tuning in to be able to hear something different than what you can hear anywhere else. On television, on your radio dial. And then, you know, following some of these celebrities, they're all saying the same thing. They're all, uh, you know, think that they're right. And anybody that's speaking against lifestyle choices, speaking against, let's, t- let's tell it like it is. Let's don't call it lifestyle choices. We're speaking against sin, S-I-N. That's not a cuss word, sin. Preachers, you need to preach on sin again. I'm not talking about getting up in the pulpit and beating people to death. But nobody thinks they need a savior if they don't think, they are in sin. And if nobody talks about what is sin, and, and thankfully we have the word of God in our life, that clearly spells out what is what sin is. Many, many things are listed as sin. Uh, it's not just uh, the big ones, you know, murder and theft and all these things that are in the Ten Commandments and have repeated in the New Testament. But, you know, there are, there are sexual sins. There are social sins that are mentioned in Scripture. And, you know, God never gives us the right to come back and judge and uh, and change what sin looks like. So we need to preach on sin again. We need to preach on hell. We need to preach on things that some folks have not heard preached on, and I don't know how long. It's crazy how many people uh, you know, are going to churches now that haven't heard a message. Some of them have never heard a message in their life 
on whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Sin, for that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So I digress. The, the topic of this message is spiritual leprosy. If you stay with me this long, I hope that you have. Before I get into what I want to talk about, and I'm going to be as quick as I possibly can. This is not going to be a real long broadcast uh, podcast because, you know, I'm going to cut straight to the to the chase here. Leprosy, when you think about leprosy in Scripture, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about an actual physical disease that's been around for millennia, for at least uh, you know hundreds and hundreds of years, if not thousands and thousands of years, uh, thousands if not millions. Who knows the number have died of leprosy, but when it comes to scripture, when you take all the terms leprosy, leper, lepers, leprous, it occurs sixty-eight times in the whole Bible, fifty-five times in the Old Testament, and thirteen times in the New Testament. So we know that this was a disease that that went all through the Old Testament. We have several accounts of of lepers. Uh, leprosy uh, infected and, and leprous people in the Old Testament. And we know that it was in the New Testament. We know that Jesus dealt with lepers, healed a leper. But but in order to understand leprosy, you can't just go by what you heard when you was in vacation Bible school or you've heard what you thought leprosy is. Because you might be surprised to find out some interesting facts about leprosy. Leprosy is thought to be a disease of the skin, the flesh, now, I want, to, I want you to hear me because we're talking physical things. The Word of God says he doesn't take the spiritual things to teach us natural principles. He takes the natural things and teach us spiritual principles. Case in point, you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. We well, are not a tree, but he uses the natural example of a tree that is planted near water so that you know in, when everything else is drought in drought season, the rivers still flow and the roots can go down deep and pool off of the off of the mud and the water on the sides of the bank of the river. You know, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus freaked out. He's like, how can I go back to my mother and be born a second time? Jesus said, no, listen, that which is natural is natural. That which is spiritual is spiritual. Uh, so he's trying to tell us that, you know, the way you understand about a conversion experience is look at that baby, that baby that was born. That baby's brand new. He's drinking the milk. He has to learn how to crawl. He has to learn how to walk. So he uses that principle to teach us how we walk in our Christian walk as a born-again believer. That being said, you can, you can take just about everything physical in Scripture, and if you really study it enough, you can see uh, the, in the physical some spiritual principles that God would like us to learn. I say this all the time, is that God is very, he's a very intentional God, and the Word of God especially is very, very intentional. Some people think that some things in Scripture were just filler uh, of, of just somebody writing. No, God, in his infinite wisdom, knew exactly what was going to survive the canon process, and he knew what every word that would be in all the 66 books of our Bible. So he's very, very intentional with every story he told, every word he said. So when you read about something about somebody, a leper, it wasn't just because God picked out a particular leper and just said, hey, I want to make sure everybody for thousands of years knows that this thing called leprosy exists, existed. No, there was, there was millions of examples that he could have pulled from. But he chose specific leper stories to teach us principles that happened in their life in the natural, that, that if we look at it from the spiritual eyes, it can, uh, 
it will then, of course, teach us the spiritual principles. So let's look at this. As I said, many have thought leprosy is purely a disease of the skin. Now, the skin is a part of our natural body, but God uses our skin, our flesh is what one of the scientific terms for our skin is, is also used to teach us spiritual principles of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the flesh. So when you hear the word of God talk about the lust of the flesh, it's not talking about the lust of the actual skin on your body. It's talking about the lust of the flesh because out here in the world where our flesh exists, feels the pain, you know, touches everything that's in the natural realm. It is the world that the skin or the flesh lives in that is the lust of the flesh. It is the pride of life. Okay, so when you see these things uh, in the flesh realm, it doesn't mean the skin realm, but God uses the skin to teach us the principles of the flesh. You follow me? Okay, so it is... You know, when you talk about a disease of the skin, it's automatically think, you know, the leprosy of the skin is dealing with the sin of the, the sin of flesh. And that certainly can be preached, and certainly I believe that. But I want to tell you something about um, leprosy. Leprosy is known as a disease of the skin because that's what we see. But it might shock you to know that when you study leprosy, you'll find that leprosy is actually a disease of the nervous system. It is an internal disease uh, that begins in the nervous system. And it leprosy, the lep, leprosy bacteria, begins to attack the nerves from on the inside. I'm going to read to you straight from the medical website of my research. It starts in the skin and the peripheral nervous system outside of the brain in the spinal cord. Listen to this. Then it spreads to other parts and, and settles in and goes to another level of infection in the extremities, the hands, the feet, the face, the earlobes, the things that are in the end of body parts, the outside, the, most, the, the furthest out. If I could preach a little bit right here, the, the, the parts that touch the world that we're in. Quite frankly, the senses, touch, sight, smell, hearing, taste. Are you getting where I'm going here? Okay, now watch this. People with leprosy experience extreme disfigurement of the skin and bones, the twisting of the limbs, the curling of the fingers, the form, the, charismat, uh, the, the characteristic claw hand. Facial changes, including thickening of the outer ear and the collapsing of the nose. Tumor-like growths called lepromas may form on the skin and in the respiratory tract, and the optic nerve may deteriorate. Now listen, I'm going to read one more little scientific thing, and then I'm going to get into some teaching. The largest number of deformities develop from loss of pain sensation due to extensive damage. Now listen to me, man. This is mind-boggling. Inattentive patients that has extreme leprosy can pick up a, a cup of boiling water without even flinching. Now, this is going to be a little gross here, but I'm reading straight from the medical website. In fact, some leprosy patients have had their fingers eaten by rats in their sleep because they were totally unaware, unaware that it was even happening. The lack of pain receptors could not warn them of the danger. 
Are you hearing me? Leaders, listen to me. The bottom line is we need to guard against spiritual leprosy in our ministries, in our churches, in our families, and in our lives. But watch this. It don't just come across you and come on you because you touch somebody. And all of a sudden now you're, you're, you're leprous. It is a disease that starts with the nerves and then affects the body. I want to say to you that over the last two and a half years, there has been a very concerted effort to attack the nerves of the body of Christ. Listen, the way the, way the enemy has attacked and intimidated leaders, they have done it through fear, through worry, through anxiety, through stress. These attacks on the mind of the men and the women of God, you that are listening to this broadcast and many who will not listen to this broadcast because they've just checked out and they don't want to hear the truth. Let me tell you something. When we look around and we see what is happening to ministers, I shake my head in in disbelief at how just completely uh, off the, the wagon some of these preachers have gone and some of this doctrine that they're teaching now. That didn't happen overnight. It began internally. And we've just sort of, as long as we don't see it, we just say out of sight, out of mind. But the but but these spirits of fear and worry and stress and anxiety, I mean, my goodness, it was taken to another level with, with this thing that just went around the world and affected the whole world. You know what I'm talking about? I want to tell you that the enemy is using that. It's a very intentional plan of the enemy to separate us because if we can bring fear into the body, watch this. If we can bring worry into the body inside the body, if we can cause the body to be so stressed out and so full of anxiety that they can't even, I mean, they can't even go up to the altar anymore. And they've made many of made a decision. They're going to go to church, but they ain't going up to the altar. Ain't nobody touching me. I'm not, I'm not transferring that. They don't, they don't bought in now to where even if this thing comes and goes, and of course we know more is coming, but now they're thinking about the seasonal flu. They're thinking about the cold. They're thinking about all this kind of stuff. I don't want nobody touching me. And I know some people have always been that way. Some people have always just sort of you know been against touch. But the reality is this. Let me tell you something about the Word of God says. Let's go back to the Word of God. You are a remnant leader. That's why you listen to this. You shall lay hands, Mark 16. You shall lay hands upon the sick, and they shall recover. Listen, if any sick are among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint their heads with oil and pray the prayer of faith. When the ministers were being, uh, the apostles were raising up pastors and raising up prophets and raising up evangelists, they would come before them, lay hands upon them, speak over their life and send them forth. There's There's always been power in the body of Christ with the laying on of hands. This is a direct attack against the enemy, from the enemy against the church, against the body, to have so much internal fear, worry, anxiety, and stress that we ostracize ourselves. See, the reality is this. Most people that are in the leper colonies are there because they put themselves there. They have allowed the words of the enemy. So the devil has no power over the body of Christ. The devil cannot take me as a man of God and ostracize me to a leper colony and tell me that I have no right to come into the city, that I have no right to preach the gospel, that I have no right to speak up for what God says. But that's what the enemy has done. And people have bought into it. You know, they took prayer out of schools. Of course, we, we know the ruling of that of abortion has happened. And now we see the things that are happening with, 
with the family. We see the family being redefined. We, we, we see uh, people are making choices to live in lives of homosexuality without any kind of uh, check in their spirit, been raised in church. and Why? Because they're being affirmed by pastors. They're being affirmed by entire denominations. And now, of course, we, we know the, the latest uh, agenda. It is the trans agenda, which is, you know, quite frankly, I'm not trying to speak against trans people, against homosexual people. That's just not what I'm saying. I'm speaking for the word of God. I, I have to answer before God. I'm not going to stand before the Supreme Court. I'm not going to stand before the Attorney General. I'm not going to stand before the President of the United States. I'm going to stand before Jesus Christ. And he's going to be sitting on the beam of judgment seat of Christ, and he's going to separate the, the goats from, from the sheep. And the goats from the sheep are going to be separated simply based on were they obedient to the word of God. The Bible tells us in the book of Luke that not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of the Father which is in heaven. See, he created creation. He's the one that put it into place, and God's not the author of confusion. Okay, so when we buy into that and when we accept it and when when our sin begins to be affirmed by ministers and leaders, so-called, and then entire denominations buy into it, then guess what happens? Here's what happens. Then those that are still the few voice, which is the remnant, there's that word, that's left speaking truth are overwhelmed and ostracized by those that have become enlightened because now they look at us and they say, we don't have anything to do with you. But the truth is the ones that they are ostracizing to the leper colony is not the lepers. It is the le Here's how things flip in the end times and how, the, how things flip with the enemy. Instead of the righteous uh, putting the lepers who are in disease uh, in, in the colonies. It is the lepers who are infected who are putting those that are clean in an ostracized leper colony and trying to convince those that have no leprosy that they are leprous because spiritual leprosy is not a natural leprosy. Spiritual leprosy is an emotional and spiritual inward leprosy. To where you self-isolate yourself. You self-segregate. I'm telling you, you know, there is an attempt to segregate us along, you know, who got the jab, who didn't get the jab. Republicans and Democrats. Black and white. Hispanic and Asian. I could go on and on and on. I mean, it is all a part. Instead of, and here's what's crazy, is the very ones that are separating, whether it be racial, whether it be uh, so-called follow the science, all this other kind of stuff, are the very ones that are spouting unity. But in their words, they're coming out of one side of their mouth with unity, and the other side, they're actually segregating. And instead of bringing people together, they're segregating more. You know, the Bible says, you know, out of one stream and one river cannot come bitter and sweet water. You can't talk out of both sides of your mouth and, and either side be true, okay? You got to come straight out with the truth, all right? So let me, let me finish this thing up here. So the devil has no authority over my life. The devil has no authority over your life as a believer. You know, I, I said it for many, many years, you know, you know, oh, the devil made me do it. Oh, the devil made me do it. No, no, the devil didn't make you do it. You allowed the devil 
to lead you into doing it. I heard I heard Dr. Rod Parsley say years ago, he said, oh, yeah, you said you fell into sin. Bless your heart, you fell into sin. He said, no, you didn't fall into sin, sweetie. Let me tell you what happened to you. In falling, nothing. You went and rented a backhoe, dug the swimming pool hole, got some cement trucks, uh, poured the cement, made you a swimming pool, uh, poured you a nice little uh, di- uh, sidewalk around the side of the, the pool, put installed a diving board, bounced up and down, tested, make sure that it had a, got a lot of bounce, filled a thing full of water, stood back and waited till it filled up, bounced again on the diving board, and did a swan dive into sin. You did not fall into sin. You fall into sin because you've allowed yourself to make decisions that take you in that direction. You know, and the truth is, it's not the devil's fault that you are now ostracized out in a leper colony by yourself. If you are there ostracized, it's because you've allowed yourself. You've put yourself there. So here's the good news, that if you have put yourself there, the only one that has the authority to get you out of there is you. Okay, you listen to the voice of the enemy bringing fear, worry, anxiety, stress. And of course, then you might have bought into the woke agenda that, you know, you can't, you know, everything has to be about love. There's, there can't ever be anything except love. Well, my goodness, of course, it has to be love. There also has to be uh, repent. Think about it. You know, John the Baptist came on the scene. He was the forerunner of, of a man that Jesus said there's no greater man that's ever li- existed before the Messiah or after the Messiah than John the Baptist. And his, pre- his message was very, very simple. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus was baptized by him, fought the devil in the wilderness for 40 days, came out, came down off the mountain, began his ministry by saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus uh, poured his spirit out on the uh, upper room, 120, began to speak in other tongues. The church was birthed. They come out of the upper room in Acts chapter 3. They went into the street. And the Bible says that, you know, they showed up at the gate called Beautiful. And Peter looked at the, the person who was begging for money that was crippled and said, Silver and gold have a none, but such as I have I given to thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise and walk. He gets up. They go dancing into the, to the temple. Everybody sees the miracle. They all come. And what's the first words that, that, G, that Peter preaches? He lays out all the sin that was done against Jesus. And then he tells them, you're the one. You're the one that crucified him, and, and, and you're the one that's guilty that he went to the cross. But don't worry about it because you didn't really do it. He laid down his life for you, and he says, and I know you're tired. I know you're weary. I know you're struggling. I know you've ostracized yourself. I know you've self-judged yourself, but can I give you good news? Repent. Listen to what Acts chapter 3 says. Peter says, repent and be converted. Repent and be converted. Repent means to change your mind and turn around. Repent and be converted so that you may partake of the times of refreshing. The times of refreshing, the good life that Jesus said in John 10, where the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. That abundant life comes as a result of repentance, of understanding that you have ostracized yourself and judged yourself and put yourself in a camp that you need to get out of. Preachers, you're limiting your voice. Men of God, women of God, you're limiting your voice in the moment that we need to be hearing your voice more than ever. I'm not talking about a return to legalism. I'm not talking about a return to judgment. I'm talking about a return to simply the Bible, preaching the Bible, reading the Bible for yourself, studying the Bible, breaking down the Bible. What a concept, preachers. What a concept, leaders. Actually read the Bible and preach the Bible. So 
I could go much deeper, but I'm going to tell you something. This disease, this leprosy, this spiritual leprosy, it's always existed, but it's gone to another level on steroids. Because watch this. And I'm going to get in trouble here. I might, get, I might get caught by the dreaded algorithm, but here it goes. The, the, everybody's talking about getting jabbed. Everybody's talking about getting jabbed. And this, is not, this is not a commentary on, on the jab, whether you got it or not. I, I have no problem with you. It's your choice. But I'm, I want to talk about that anytime anything needs to be put in you is an injection. And sometimes people get on steroids. That's why I said on steroids. People will inject themselves with steroids, inject themselves with drugs. These are concentrated um, forms of whatever they're putting inside their body. In other words, you know, you could take your finger and dip your finger in something, touch your tongue, and it would affect you. But you put it in a vial and take it right into your vein, it goes fast. It begins to multiply quickly because it goes right into your vein. That's why when you go into the hospital or whatever, they hook you up to an IV into your vein. So when they come in the room and they want to give you something quick, it can go right into your vein because it's inserted into you. That's what this last two and a half years has done. Quite frankly, little by little by little, we've been ch- being chipped away at our authority. But in the natural, there was a jab. But in the spirit realm, there was a jab as well. And where in the natural, it was the jab of something medical that was uh, being told to us that was going to help in the sense of this medical diagnosis. We're in the spirit realm. This was an a quick infusion into the body of Christ of fear, worry, anxiety, and stress. There are people in the body of Christ that have made statements. I've seen them on Facebook. I've watched their videos on YouTube. People that are strong, that have lived for Jesus for 20 and 30 plus years have now decided they're never going to stop wearing a mask when they go outside. They're not going to shake hands anymore. Pastors are standing up in their pulpit, some of them running thousands of people, saying to their congregation, we're not afraid. We have fear. But out of the, for the sake of caution, we've made it a church policy even when this is gone. We're not going to shake hands at the door anymore. We're going to point at you, welcome you, wave at you. No one's going to hug. Come on. Is that even the body of Christ? What has happened to us? It is time for us to stand up. It is time for us to understand that if we don't stand up, who's going to stand up? If we don't speak, who's going to speak? Listen, there is there is an ostracizing of the voice of truth. Nobody wants to hear the truth anymore. But there is a remnant that's standing up and going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not the one that the body pizza parts of me are falling off i'm not the one that's in sin yeah of course we sin but my name is written in the lamb's book of life so let me tell you something you're not gonna put me in a camp and tell me i can't preach the gospel you're not gonna tell my children they're gonna teach my children things that are diametrically opposed to what our family believes and tell me to shut up about it we're not gonna shut up about it leaders rise up You are the remnant. It's time to be equipped. And it's time to speak. I hope you come back next week. I hope you hadn't checked out on me. This is just the beginning. Because I'm on a mission. And that mission is, till I breathe my last breath, 
I am going to see the remnant rise. I'll talk to you next time on the Remnant Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to follow us. Share this podcast. See you next time.